Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. When children love learning, they can tackle any challenge life throws at them. Sylvan's Insight Assessment can help you determine if your child is ready for what's ahead. It can also identify gaps in learning and point out areas that could be of concern for your child so they can tackle what's to come. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Media Podcast Network. Well, hello there, everybody, and welcome to a brand new edition of On to the Next One as we discuss the What's Next coming out of UFC Vegas 24, which saw Robert Whitaker pick up his third straight win and he made it look easy and it looks like he has a date once again with the current middleweight champion israel adesanya when that will happen we shall see if it will happen we shall see because it's the ufc it's like the wwf in the 90s anything can happen in the world of the ultimate fighting championship but thank you for joining us i am mike heck just a quick warning if you watched the bellator card on friday and the ufc on saturday you watched a lot of MMA, and I mean a lot of it. So, so many rounds, a lot of decisions, a lot of split decisions with the UFC. This may not be your typical hour-long show. Plus, I don't have much of a voice anymore, so bear with me on that. But uh, we just can't do that to you after a marathon weekend. But something tells me we'll be making up for it next weekend after UFC 261. But joining me in this venture is the co-host, the co-matchmaker, the best friend and the Prince of Positivity himself, Mr. Alex K. Lee, looking kind of befuddled. You can't see that because it's an audio podcast. But uh, how are you, my best friend? My best friend, I, I, I'm i a little confused because I, I feel like in all that, somehow you didn't mention you didn't mention something else that happened Saturday night in the world of combat sports, <laughs> which, I'll be honest with you, there was a lot of, there was, like, there's a lot of people talking about it. And uh, I, I, I was under the impression that today's show would all be about matchmaking specifically for the for one young man who was victorious last night uh but it, I, if you didn't mention it, i suppose we didn't mention it for a reason uh, i was you know gonna what? mention it after and you know what you know what maybe people don't even know what i'm talking about Mike. but but uh, i'm sorry yeah if you're if you're gonna mention it i'm sorry would you like to complete your complete your introduction yeah i mean that was i was talking about mma because this is like an mma matchmaking show but of course the man with two first names knocked out ben Askren in the first round and the circus will continue on but uh do you have a? Do, His name is Jake Paul. Jake Paul, yes. His name is Good for him. Jake Paul, Mike. 
Jake, give me one second. I have to Google and look this up. Jake Joseph. He has three first names, all right? Jake Joseph Paul. So put some respect in the man's name. He won. No, we look. We don't have to put. We don't have to put any respect in this person's name. Uh, but it was. I, I think we'll we'll discover by uh, whenever the ratings come out Tuesday, Wednesday, and the buy rates and all this stuff. I mean, even I'm, with estimates, I'm sure this will uh, have drawn more viewers than uh, unfortunately the UFC Vegas 24 card. Oh my god! I can say at least as, I can say at least as far as web interest, uh, uh, those of us in the in the in the click minds. Mike will be chasing this high for a long time. It will be <laughs> I believe probably till the next time Jake Paul uh, gets himself into some other jackass freak show fight. <laughs> uh, we will. And by the way, I, I, obviously, like I'm being I'm being very glib about this, but but I, I I enjoyed the whole spectacle of it. I'm not judging anyone else who enjoyed it. I, I thought it was really entertaining for what it was. Again, I don't like Jake Paul. I, I don't think anything's going to change that. But. Let's let's admit it. The, the the event revolved around him. There was a lot of star power on there for us. Justin Bieber, Snoop Dogg, and the whole rap super group, Mount Westmore. But it, Jake Paul and Ben Askren were the headliners, and they did it. They did a fair job of building this up. And uh, yeah, I'm very, very interested in seeing what the buy rate was. But I get it. Look, don't worry, guys. And I'm kidding to our listeners. We're not really doing any serious matchmaking. We've got a few reader uh, reader chitter chatter about it, only because I forced them to. Uh, and uh, we'll but we'll we'll get to that later. I think it does 1.5 million standing on I its head. I think so too. I think so too. I was, I remember I was skeptical. I think we discussed in the pre, uh, one of our preview shows. I think I was like, I could see it matching the Tyson, you know, the Tyson Roy Jones, which uh, did an estimated 1.2 million. I said, maybe around that. I actually thought a little less. But as I was watching the show, I was just completely forgetting. Like, man, some people probably would pay out of curiosity just to see uh, Snoop Dogg and Ice Cube and E40 and Too Short or to see a Justin Bieber. Or Again, things that – what's a Doja Cat? I don't know, Mike. I discovered <laughs> what a Doja Cat was on Saturday. And I was like, okay, I could kind of see why uh, people would be into this. It's not necessarily my, my kind of music. But for sure, I understand the appeal of it. And I know for like $70, oh my gosh, so much. But you guys remember, we're still, we're still in the pandemic. We're still in – a lot of people are still stuck in their houses. Ten dollars, small price to pay for some from uh, high-profile live music, uh, quote unquote live. Uh, so it, there's a good chance across this broad spectrum of interest that this did draw well over, like you said, 1.2 million, maybe close to the one and a half million range. But we will find out. Do you have a matchmaking idea for Jake Paul before you go into the UFC? Have you thought actually, of it? D- no, I actually haven't. Like I said, I kind of just left this to to the listeners, and we'll have a couple suggestions there later. I- I'm a little sad that Dylan Dennis. Uh, I feel like the ship has sailed. Oh my god. Yeah, I feel like that's beneath him. I think whatever, if that ever was being seriously negotiated and Dylan Dance missed out on it, I think he really messed up because he was the perfect opponent. Uh, I think he would have drawn just as much as Ben Askren, maybe a little less because he's not as well known, uh, you know, even in the MMA community. Um, but but he's there is something about him. I mean, the fact that we were even talking about Dylan Dan, it's a guy with what two pro fights, two, three, two pro fights, I think. Yeah. And uh, and a, a a great but like not legendary. You know, competitive jujitsu career. It's just something about his appeal was that that was very real. Uh, Askren and and Paul, there was a little bit of kind of have poking and priding to get them to, you know, kind of get going at each other. But um, but yeah, no, that ship is sailed. So I don't I don't know what's next, but certainly I think we will see Jake Paul up to something in boxing before the end of the year. And uh, sorry, listeners, we're uh, MMA fighting. De- depending who it is, depending who it is, I will say uh, probably going to be all over it. Yeah, I like the Tyron Woodley idea. I think that makes a lot of sense. I think that's perfect. Yeah. If they can make that happen, great. I don't I don't necessarily 
am going to be there for the Tyron Woodley trash talk and the Jake Paul trash talk, but just the fight itself is kind of fascinating in my in, in such a strange way. But it, it, the Dylan Danis thing, the ship hasn't just sailed. They somehow got a group of individuals to take the ship and throw it on a rocket, and then the rocket, like, took off into space. Like, that thing is gone. Like, it, and you say, like, Dylan Danis missed out. I don't think he missed out at all. I, the only thing he missed out on, it was getting knocked dead by Jake Paul in front of millions of people. So it a probably was a blessing paycheck. in disguise. Oh, yeah, that's true. He, he, I, I'm he's already the right. highest paid guy in Bellator. I, I was going to say, he says that all the time. <laughs> I'm a little skeptical. I'm a little skeptical. Okay, I don't know. I don't have the exact figure, contract figures. I'm a little skeptical. That's the truth. I'll, I'll, I'll say this. I, the Woodley matchup is a good idea, but I, I, I think his next opponent uh, will not be an MMA fighter. All right. I'll go that. Yeah, I think it'll be someone from out. I think it'll either be a boxer uh, or or another or another celebrity boxer. Maybe someone I don't know what other what other realms of celebrities are there are there uh, Mike I don't even someone from Twitch maybe and then they can stream that on Twitch too Twitch can get it get, get in on this actually Triller wouldn't allow that what am I saying Triller wants wants all the Jake Paul money so I don't know but I think it won't be an MMA fighter next I think he I, I'll stand by my decree though that sometime in the next three years we see one of the Paul brothers whether it be Jake or Logan oh, gosh I'm so sorry that I know that uh, we will see one of them inside the UFC octagon especially once they see once the Dana White and the bean counters over there see how much money was made. They can't resist. They got to get one of them in there. I, I, I would be shocked if it happens at this point. Oh, like, why, why even do it? Why even put yourself perfect. through that? You're not going to make I, the same money in the UFC. You're just not. I just, I, I feel it. I feel it. All right. I, I, it's going to happen. Well, look, AK, we survived the weekend. All of us listening right now, we survived the weekend. We survived Thrive. Paul Askren. We survived Bellator 257. But let's go ahead and give some shine to a man that absolutely deserves it. And I'm not talking about Jake Paul. I'm talking about Mr. Robert Whitaker because this was a masterclass for 25 minutes because Kelvin Gasolum probably brought his A game. Like he looked darn good when he actually was able to mount some kind of offense. But that man is as tough as they come. He took a beating and he kept coming forward and getting in Robert Whitaker's face. But if he if Whitaker wasn't gonna get a finish, this was as good as he could have done at AK and. I have a feeling we're in the same boat here. This is pretty obvious. And I think Dana White sort of attested to that on Saturday night as well. We are, we can say we are officially on the road to Adesanya Whitaker 2 for the middleweight title. Are we not? Yes, yes. It just makes so much sense. I mean, uh, Whitaker called for it after. He explained, of course, we could, they could have it, you know, in somewhere in the Oceanic region, Australia, New Zealand, where they have a much better grasp of the uh, on the the COVID-19 situation. Uh, it, it would take some, it would be a little bit tricky because, uh, yes, I think you. I, I think primarily you, of course, would want to rely on having fighters from New Zealand and from Australia it would make things a lot easier. I would even recommend having a like to accommodate that, not ha- worrying about having like a ten fight, eleven fight, twelve fight card. I would, if it has to be like an eight fight card, with just guys from the Oceanic region, go for it. And and again, sign, sign new guys. There's a lot of promotions out there. Treat it like you would like an old school boxing card, but it's really just about the top two guys because I think they'd be driving 85, 90% of the pay per view buys. It doesn't matter who you put on the undercard. And you could probably have, again, there's so many good Australian fighters. You could probably have a good, fairly decent, like, main card as well. So hopefully they don't overthink it. Get a, a little creative here with how they book this event and just focus on making making sure that that fight happens. Because, yes, I've wanted this for a long time. Uh, I thought, honestly, for me, 
I only need to see him win one more time to get a rematch. I know uh, the first fight for a lot of people is like, oh, he 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 got you know he got beaten in such definitive fashion. What, what is there to see again? It's like guys, rematches often go quite differently than the first one. We know. I, I absolutely believe that that wasn't Whitaker's best day. I think he was way too aggressive. He's spoken about, of course, uh, being burnt out during that time, and haven't seen him fought since. How can you not? How can that not have that theory not have any credence, right? So uh, when he beat Till, I was like, let's set him. I knew it wasn't going to happen, but I was like, I think you could set up that rematch. Kind of near. I was for sure. I was. That's when I started thinking it was getting absurd that people were saying it's still like, eh, do we really need to see the fight again? So uh, if there was any doubters, and, and I'm sure there was, there was less uh, going into. Uh, Saturday's main events. If there's any doubters, it has to be over now. Three straight wins, top uh, top ten guys, convincing victories over all three of them. Uh, let's let's get this rematch going, please. If there was one guy who might have argued against this, it would have been Marvin Vittori. But even if you watch the broadcast, the camera kept panning to Marvin Vittori after they announced the decision, and even Marvin Vittori's face told the entire story. Like he knew, he knew he lost. His, like the, the the chances of getting the next title shot were gone after that performance. So. The title fight is the way to go. I'm excited for it. I'm fascinated by it because this version of Robert Whitaker is better than the, the version that won the title in the first place. So this is an interesting fight. I think he could take a lot from what Jan Bohovic did against Israel Adesanya. He was able to use his wrestling. And that top game is super heavy. Like Gaslam couldn't even move at times when Whitaker was on top of him, especially in that fifth round. So that's a really interesting fight that is unequivocally the way to go. Congratulations to Robert Whitaker. It's funny how Darren Till was the biggest winner coming out of the Vittori Holland card, and he's probably the biggest loser here because I still believed, even with a Whitaker decision win, he was going to get the next title shot, but this was just too good. This is not a guy that was like point fighting his way to a win. This is a guy that was looking to finish in every single second of that fight. Gaslam is just so tough. So props to both guys. Whitaker should be fighting for the belt next. And for Gaslam, AK, this is kind of tough because pretty much the entire division, especially in the top 15, they all fights booked right now. So mm -hmm. he's probably going to have to wait until some of these play out. But my pick, the winner of the upcoming fight on May 1st, between Sean Strickland and Kristoff Jocko. Strickland's a top 15 guy. I favor him to win that fight. If he does, you could do Strickland versus Gaslam. That's interesting because a lot of people have their eyes on Strickland. They like to see him and, and see what happens from there. Or if Kevin Holland stays at 185, that one makes a lot of sense too. What say you? Well, it's funny you say that because if Kevin Holland says at 185, I want him to get the Strickland uh, Jocko winner. Well, you know what? That's why maybe maybe I think we, I think I was thinking that more before he did the quick turnaround. That was maybe more after the Brunson fight. Now that he's suffered two straight, maybe he would get the loser of that fight. Either way, I think we've we've all said we want to see him fight Strickland. Both guys talk a lot uh, inside the cage and and uh, in an empty apex environment. Uh, should they go that route? I mean, it, the sound bites would just be wild. So uh, we want to see that. But I'm like you. I, I had to look ahead to upcoming matchups. There just isn't anyone, any, like I said, any, any top 15 name that's really free. But I actually went a little bit lower. I, I'm kind of wondering, is it time for Gaslam to, um, you know, get – who did he beat? He just beat um, Ian Heinish. Heinish. Heinish, right? Yeah. So I think maybe back go back to that range a little bit, maybe just outside the top 15. So I had a bunch of options here. I, went, I, I pretty much just went with the one that's closest. Uh, which is uh, this weekend. Uh, I thought he'd be interesting to see him fight the Brendan Allen 
uh, Carl Carl Roberson winner. Obviously, that fight would maybe be a little bit more appealing to Allen or Roberson. It would be their chance to kind of step up into the top 15. But I think they'd have earned it. I think whoever wins that fight, if they do it in impressive fashion, will have earned it. So I'm down for that. Otherwise, uh, again, looked ahead. I, I think Edmund Shabazian, if he beats Jack Hermanson, May 15th. Uh, Tom Breeze, Antonio Arroyo winner. That's June 5th. Now we're getting pretty far. And then Omari Akhmedov, Brad Tavares winner. That's July 10th. So really, all these are options depending how long Gaston wants to stay on the, on the on the bench. If he wants to come back quickly, he has an option from this weekend. He has a guy, as you just mentioned, if he wants to wait a bit, then he can wait for those some of those names to kind of get uh, get shuffled there. I thought about Shabazian. Like, if, if he loses to Jack Hermanson, I'm okay with that idea of doing Shabazian versus Gaston. But if he beats oh, Jack Hermanson, but if he beats Jack Hermanson, he's like... By the time the rankings come out on Tuesday, okay. if Shabazzian wins, he'll probably be like four spots ahead of Gastelum. MMA math. MMA math. Hermanson beat Gastelum and, and uh, Shabazzian beat. This is true. He could leapfrog him. If he loses, though, it's weird, though. It's like, I, I remember, I'm, I'm of the of the camp that I was like, I didn't love the Shabazzian. I mean, I'm, I'm warming up to it now, but I still would have liked to have seen Shabazzian, again, kind of take a step back after after uh, losing to, um, help me, Michael. Uh, Derek Brunson. To Derek Brunson, thank you. Uh, I kind of want to see him take a step back. And, and Hermanson, like I said, in the rankings, is actually a step forward. And maybe stylistically they think it's a better matchup. I'm not sure. So I don't know. If he loses, I actually don't want him. Again, I want him to get thrown into that mix with the Tom Breeze, Arroyo, Zach Madoff, Tavares guys. So, But you know what? We'll cross that bridge uh, on uh, onto the next one on the May, May 16th edition. There you go. And Whitaker, I think Whitaker <laughs> just did all of us a favor. By making by clarifying this middleweight division with that performance, because now we don't really have a log jam. We could just go in there, have that fight, and then the rest can work itself out. We we're, we're looking forward to some uh, some fun matchups, that's for sure. But let's head and to hey, the oh, and look injuries and weird stuff happen. Vittori Vittori's on call. He's he's sure. he's I'd say number one on the short list. He's the uh, number one replacement option. So uh, don't be uh, fingers crossed. We get uh, Adesanya and Whitaker too, but you really we we just don't know these days what can happen. So. Yeah, Vittori's end up fighting either Paulo Costa or Darren Till if he can miraculously recover in yeah. in short time. But the Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May seventeenth, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov, and Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the US. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the US, so make sure you don't miss it. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. 
Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Let's head to the co-made event because Andre Arlovsky who was the betting underdog for like the 17th consecutive fight, which is just bananas to think about. And from what I understand, and I looked at it yesterday afternoon, Arlovsky was the favorite, like hours leading into the fight. And then by the time the the window closed, Sherman was the slight favorite. So (laughs) the streak continues. But Arlovsky goes through. He gets back in the win column. And uh, my hat goes off to the pit bull because without that victory, I would have lost our pick our little pick'em league yesterday, but Arlovsky, <laughs> you I was the only won. one to pick him. I was the only one to pick Arlovsky. We tied, for the record, we tied with you and I, tied with seven picks each. Uh, you won on points because you did have one perfect pick. You Gerald did Mearshart. predict a Gerald Mearshart first. Event. So according to the topology.com point system, you beat me by like 30 points. But we are, I, I mean, <laughs> technically we tied. Let's be real. We, yeah. but, I, but I hate ties, so I'll give you the one. I appreciate I'd rather, that. you know, yeah, rather lose. But Arlovsky picks up a beautiful unanimous decision win against Chase Sherman. Yeah. It was uh, it was an interesting fight. It was better than I thought it was going to be. A lot of people thought Sherman was going to go in there and, and, and knock Arlovsky out in the first round, and it was very close to happening. But, uh, AK, I'm going to begin with you here because it is safe to say, I would guess, that it's either another longtime veteran of the sport to fight Arlovsky or a fight that we're just not going to be happy to say into a live microphone right now. So where does the pit... Where does the pit bull go from that victory on Saturday? I don't know. Well, I had two options, and I'm going. I definitely went the young gunner route. I definitely went the, you know, the heavyweight division is is changing rapidly in front of us. We had we've had a bunch of names kind of enter the top fifteen, both because of their success and also because of some old veteran names getting you know getting getting the axe. So I went with. I went with a man that we saw in action last night. I I, I did it, Mike. I went uh, Alexander Romanov. I said, give Alexander Romanov on Jarlovsky. Um, it, it's, it, you know, Romanov had his own uh, adventurous evening, to put it gently, against uh, Honest No. It was probably not a victory he's going to champion and crow about anytime soon. And probably, uh, and for the ending, would certainly like to forget. Uh, hopefully he's not, I, he's probably, hopefully he's not feeling it today. But, um, but he is three and zero in the UFC. He does look. He does really still look like you know a top heavyweight guy, a prospect, future title challenger. And uh, Arlovski is one of those guys you got to go through. Uh, very very tough matchup. He he bring he really exposes you, uh, as, as exposes what you are. So let's see what Romanov is. Let's put him in there with Pitbull and uh, the Pitbull, excuse me. And um, uh, let's make it happen. I just pulled the trigger. Let's go. Yeah, I mean, there's two options here. Um... You kind of said my 1A, so, but they're not going to go with this other option. My 1B was Alexio Linick because that one makes so much sense, but we're not in the business of making sense, AK. So <laughs> I, I, I will go, if we go to check the tapes, after Arlovsky defeated Tanner Bozer, I said he's going to have to fight a killer. He's going to have to fight a guy who also got a win on Saturday. I wasn't happy saying it then, Arlovsky versus Alexander Romanov, but I, I we're here. I hate to say it. This is what's going to end up happening. Romanoff is a killer, and you know Arlovsky has thwarted prospects many of time in his career. But I have a feeling this could be a, a type of situation where Romanoff is just belly to belly suplexing Arlovsky all over that octagon, and it's just not going to no be fun to watch. It, eh? 
No one's read it. No one's really done that. I, I, I should before I should look this up. No one's really. But someone something tells really me. Him something tells me that Alexander Romanov is not going to be like taken back from the moment fighting Andrei Arlovsky. Like you could tell Tanner Bozer was like, okay, like this is pretty cool. Like I'm fighting the former UFC heavyweight champion of the world. You could tell he kind of got lost in that a little bit. Romanov's not going to think that way at all. At least I don't think he will. But it's an interesting fight. I would highly favor Romanov to do bad things in there, but you never know. We've said that many times before. The pit bull going to be the underdog again. How do you feel about... Uh... Oh, we're okay. my throat. A little, we're dramatic, okay. <laughs> little dramatic. A little dramatic throat clear there. I was trying to hear that. <laughs> How do you feel about uh, Sergey Spivak? Sort of the same same range. Uh, pre- any preference either way? I'm Romanov Spivak. I'm fine with that. I don't yeah. know. If, eh, I like it. I'd like to see that fight. I th- yeah, I think either would be fine. Like I just went Romanov because again, we just saw him fight and they're on the same card. So you know their timelines probably can't be too different. But uh, and then I th- my other option was Spivak, and I'm like, yeah, it's kind of the same same idea. So either one. But Romanov Romanov would be if I if I had to choose one, I'd go Romanov. Yeah, it's either. <laughs> based on the betting lines, either Arlovsky gets knocked out viciously or he gets submitted and it's a little more calming. Like he gets choked and it's fine. But Spivak would probably be in a position to knock him out. But we'll see. Good win for Arlovsky. Happy to see it. Uh, and it is what it is. Former heavyweight champion back in the winning ways. Looks like he will uh, live to fight another day in the UFC. One man who may not be living to fight another day in the UFC is one Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. He loses to Jacob Malkoon. I believe Al-Hassan was the biggest favorite on the card. I would be shocked if he wasn't, but uh, you have to imagine this will be the end of the line for Abdul, but uh, Malkoon gets his first UFC win after getting brutally knocked out by Phil Haas in a matter of seconds in his UFC debut in October. AK, you can insert pretty much any mid to lower ranked 85er in here. Like, I wasn't expecting to matchmake for Jacob Malkoon here. I mean, this is no disrespect to him. Just everyone kind of looked at this fight as this will be Al-Hassan's opportunity to get a quick knockout and get back back on track at a new weight class. Uh, But you know what? Jacob Malkoon versus Jordan Williams seems perfect to me. Like, in terms of experience, it makes sense. You know, Williams is coming off his first UFC loss. He had a tough fight with Nasruddin Imovov. Uh, I think this is a good matchup. It makes sense. What do you think? Yeah, I love it. Williams also had a knockout win that was overturned. I'm like, oh, no, no, no. Am I getting Jordan Williams confused with Journey Newsom? Yes. So Jordan, Williams, so Jordan Williams does not have... He didn't have a win overturned? Am I crazy? He's probably... Was that, was that a thing? He had a contender series win overturned. Uh, okay, right, right, right. Okay, okay. Journey Newsom was the one who had a TK, who had a knockout, an exciting knockout in the UFC over. Okay, and he was also a contender series guy. Okay, so apologies to Journey and Jordan. Uh, I, I, I'm forgetting that mixed up. Uh, yeah, no, a great matchup. Yeah, I have like you said, I kind of have them in that same range. Um, <laughs> I, 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 I want to say first, uh, your Al Hassan was a three to one favorite, but he was actually there was a bigger favorite. Tony Gravely was the uh, was the biggest favorite. Uh, he closed almost minus 400, uh, and that 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 bared itself out. So, um, no no criticisms uh, for the odds makers there. I do think, as you said, we will see. This is the last of Al Hassan. He was moving up to a new weight class. Uh, I'm not sure if he was doing it just because of the timing, or if, or if you know uh, just getting some sort of fresh start. But um, I did not work out for him, unfortunately, and that's that's three straight losses. So, uh, but uh, Malkoon, uh, I went with 
Jordan Wright versus Jamie Pickett winner May fifteenth. I don't know. My, That's look, fine. I went. Um, no, because uh, kind of like we said in the Gaslam section earlier, when I was looking uh, ahead of of uh, Malcu trying to match him up with someone ahead of him in my my mystery rankings, a lot of those names are tied up as well. A lot of middleweight is tied up, not just the top uh, twenty, but uh, I saw the middle of the pack as well. So I had to go with that. Uh, otherwise, Roman Kopilov, another guy who's looking for his first UFC win, who I think is better than his. Uh, you know, he lost in his debut. I think he's better than that shows. But so yeah, and that, and Roman Kopilov is in. I have in that Owen one promising Owen one guy range with Jordan Williams and a few other names. So, um, yeah, Mike, <laughs> we you know we we we've discussed this before. Like just because guys are thrown on the main card does not necessarily make them main card fighters. If that sounds, if that's fair to say, again with respect to Jacob Malkoon, who. Who clearly won that fight and good for him getting in the win column. But he's what, four, five, and one? It's like a six. Now he's six MMA, and one, yeah. Six and one? The seventh MMA fight? And we're supposed to match him up the same way we would someone on like the like a, <laughs> a, a the co main event of a pay per view? Like, that's so strange, <laughs> right? So, so, uh, I don't know. Look, I almost like look at the names that were on the, and we'll get to the wild cards later, but look at some of the names that were on the prelims, like uh, uh, Romanov, uh, Jessica Penne, Gerald Mearshare, Tony Gravely. Like, these are more veteran. Well-known names than Jacob Malkoon because Malkoon was arbitrarily placed placed on the main card. We have to match make for him, right? But the, I don't know, again, no disrespect to Jacob Malkoon. I think the, we have disrespected him at this point. Oh, at least I, I, I probably have. I probably, listen, no, like we, this show is called. We, we are match. We are putting ourselves yes. in the position of UFC yes. matchmakers. There's a reason Jacob Malkoon fought Phil Hawes in his UFC debut. Because we kind of knew what was going to happen. And there's a reason that Jacob Malkoon was matched up against Abdul Razak Al-Hassan. And there's a reason why this fight was on the main card. Because people thought Al-Hassan was going to go in there and blister him in yeah. the first minute of the fight. But Jacob Malkoon had other op- had other plans. <laughs> and uh, I stand corrected. He did climb to 5-1. and one. So you are uh, uh, you are correct. So either congrats, Jacob Malcolm. Congrats. Yes, great, I, really good, good victory. Not no more disrespect. Win another no. fight, and then we're gonna start taking this matchmaking like extra serious. But let's head to Tracy Cortez, AK. She remains undefeated in the UFC. Tough fight in her flyweight debut against Justine Keish. Wins the split decision. And Tracy Cortez is someone a lot of people are are very excited about. AK. So where does she go from Saturday night? My best friend in a. A very interesting 125-pound division. First off, a little finger of shame to Tracy Cortez uh, for missing weight. She did come in a half pound over. This was her first flyweight fight in the UFC. She came in a half pound over the flyweight limit. I'm not mad. I'm just disappointed. Uh, so, uh, But otherwise, yes, good, good performance by her uh, You know, against Justin Keyes, who I think is one of the toughest outs. I mean, I, I know... Uh, whatever. She doesn't have the, the greatest record. I know it's, you know, people don't view her as a contender but man you get matched up with her you're going to be you're going to be in for a tough fight that's just how it is uh and certainly tracy certainly got one of those on uh on saturday night so i uh, i'll match her up with someone who i wanted miranda maverick to fight but miranda maverick now is getting of course macy barber july 24th so this person is free now i like cortez and jj aldrich i didn't aim too far high up the rankings uh, as you'll see in the listener suggestions later, there's some people who are going like top 15, like kind of the bottom part of the top 15. Uh, I'm not there yet. I'm not there yet. So give me Tracy Cortez and uh, JJ Aldrich. This is pretty easy for me, AK. And mm-hmm. I don't know if you're going to be too thrilled with what I have to say here, but probably not. This one makes a lot of sense. 
for a number of reasons. One, because it could be you, you could main card this fight on a fight night, maybe even on a pay per view if you need it. I like the match between Tracy Cortez and Jillian Robertson, AK. Like we need we need to test her. And I'm not saying like any of the opponents she fought like aren't tests, but we need somebody that's like just outside the top fifteen. Like I like when Tracy Cortez won her last fight at one thirty five, I wanted her to fight Julia Avila. Like that was the 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 piece of business I wanted. Jillian Robertson makes sense. In terms of like up and coming flyweights, I don't know if anyone has been tested more than Jillian Robertson has. So I think like in terms of experience and growth and fighting someone who's got those legs, that's my pick. I like it. I want to see what Tracy's got and I want to see what Jillian's got too. I mean, she's had some tough matchups over the last year, year and a half or so. This could be an interesting test. If she goes out there and beats Tracy Cortez, she's right back in the mix in the top 15. So I like that one. I think that's the way to go. Yeah, I, I, I shied away from that one because I, you know, I, I, I'm, I just hate labeling um, Jillian as sort of like a, a litmus test at this point because she's still so young. Just by having 10, 10 UFC fights for someone who's so young. Uh, but but really, the flyweight division, uh, the the women's flyweight division in the UFC, I think is a little underrated. Uh, just be just because everyone could like, oh well, this person couldn't beat Valentina, and so so anytime you kind of tout someone in the flyweight division, like, oh, can they beat Valentina? Can they beat Valentina? It's like, okay, if you're if you're measuring stick as Valentina Shevchenko, yeah, nobody at 125 is good, fine. Uh, but otherwise, it is a pretty competitive division. Um, so I, I don't know. So yeah, there really is no like easy fight for Jillian Robertson. There's no fight for me to say like, oh, I wish Jillian Robertson would get an easy fight in her next one. There's not that many options for her that aren't like so far down the rankings it's not worth her time. So I understand the Cortez thing. But if anything, I'm kind of like want to punish Cortez for the weight miss and I don't know if she deserves to fight a veteran opponent like Jillian Robertson. I almost feel like her next fight, she has to prove she can make 125, I think, before getting a more veteran name. So uh, not that all. Yeah, and, and, and I would count Aldrich as like not a super veteran name. I don't know, eight fights in the UFC. That is quite a bit, but either way, a different different level of competition. Again, there's there's no easy fights. So, um, yeah, I don't no, I don't I don't want to reward her with the Robertson fight. I think Robertson should get someone else, and I think we keep her in the Aldrich range. It's kind of twenty five to thirty five range in the women's flyweight division. I don't know. Maybe I'm overthinking it. Maybe it wouldn't be a reward at all. Ak, maybe it's she true. would get submitted in the first round or something, and then it would be a punishment in, in the long run. Robertson's dangerous. Yeah, she sure is. Uh, let us now head to. The victorious violence Bob Ross. Luis Pena split decision win over Alex Munoz. He needed that win for sure. 155 is loaded. This isn't the same problem as Jacob Malkoon, but we're kind of in that same range where you can insert a lot of different names and it's not wrong. So just a fight I want to see as a fan. I'd like to see Luis Pena versus Roosevelt Roberts, AK. I think they're both in interesting spots in their careers. I'm in. Let's do it. There's literally like 20 people you can match up, match up Lewis Pena. <laughs> uh, lightweight's one of the deepest divisions in the UFC. I mean, you have no shortage of options. Uh, I, I, when I was looking at listener suggestions, there's also I kept thinking like, hasn't Pena fought this guy already? Hasn't Pena fought this guy already? And it's like he actually, what, what is he now? He's now, um, where, where are we now? Where's my where's my Luis Pena notes? He's now uh, oh eight four five and three five and three UFC. So eight UFC fights. So it's like, it's like he it feels like he's been around for a long time, but he's just. You know, not not as not as much as I thought. So yeah, a lot of fresh matchups. I'm gonna sort of go back to my uh, names that were freed up list because I wanted uh, I wanted this guy to fight Christos Giagos, but uh, now uh, Giagos is getting Joel Alvarez. So Jamie Malarkey is now free. 
think, unless I got that backwards. And I'd like to see uh, Jamie Malarkey and uh, Luis Pena. I think it'd be a fun fight. Just, again, good matchup, good test for Pena. Uh, I know, again, Pena's just got so many good hooks, so many marketable hooks. I know the UFC and the fans would love to see this guy go on a nice streak and just really take off. Um, but again, we're still kind of testing, figuring out who he is. So he's 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 really young in the game still. So Jay Malarkey, match him up, fun fight, fight in that contender. That's it. Yeah, can't go wrong. That'll be fun. As we head to the wild card round, AK, we're gonna match up one fighter we have not match made for yet, and we will uh, go ahead and do that right now. So AK, indulge us if you would. Your wild card selection for UFC Vegas 24. I went with the veteran Jessica Penne. You know, I, I understand uh, she's had her run-ins with the USADA, but a lot of fighters have, and the circumstances haven't always been comprehensible, uh, to, to, to be honest. Uh, and I'm not, again, I'm not, I'm not absolving her of her USADA issues. I'm just saying there's very likely more more than meets the eye when it comes to her two her two suspensions. Very rare, uh, very rare uh, for a lot of UFC fighters to get that second suspension, but she got one and almost got a four-year suspension, um, but it was reduced to 20 months. However... She ended up not fighting for like four years anyway, so I don't know. It somehow, somehow, it all worked out uh, for the uh, USADA punishment side. But I think I'd like to go with someone a little bit in her age range, uh, someone maybe not quite as experienced as her, but but definitely a hardened test. So I'm going Jessica Penne and uh, Jin Yu Fry. I I think I'd like to see. I think it'd be an entertaining fight, and I just like to see these two veterans uh, throw it down before. Again, I don't know how much how much years they plan uh, to compete, how many more years they plan to compete. Uh, I just think it'd be a cool fight to see. Uh, before all is said and done, so penne fry. Let's 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 do it. That's an that's an interesting piece of business right there. Although yeah, I, I thought like I thought poor old Lupi Godinez got a uh, got the got the hose job. That she got the hose job from the yeah. uh, from the judges, but it's okay. It was a close fight. Could have gone either way. But despite the loss, AK, and I know I know what people are thinking right now. They they already have it. They got their finger on the pulse. Someone actually tweeted out last night breaking news. Mike Heck's gonna do the wild card pick for Tony Gravely. There's no doubt about it. Per sources, <laughs> comma per sources. I was dying laughing, DJ in the wedding when I saw that. But uh, I'm not confirmed? doing that. Yeah. Oh, okay. No. Okay, no. no. Oh. Uh, that false. Was, false report is not wholly accurate at this time. I'm going despite a loss. I'm going with Juan Espino, AK, oh, only oh. because I want to see this man fight as often as possible. I like mm-hmm. watching Juan Espino fight. That first round was banana as the great pat patterson uh god rest his soul rest in peace pat patterson used to say that fight that 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 first round was banana ended in an unfortunate way you know we mentioned different matchmaking ideas for andre arlovsky i think espino is a legit talent that can give a lot of guys in the heavyweight division problems what a fun fight it would be to see juan espino versus alexi olenek the scrambles the work on the mat I'm in. That's the fight I want to see. So if they don't do Arlovsky Olenek, which I don't think they will, Espino Olenek checks off all the boxes. I'm going with that so I don't have to pick another <laughs> bantamweight up-and-comer. As far as we know, Ol- and by the way, Tony Gravely, you can match up. Again, oh, bantamweight is just so, so good. <laughs> anyone, anyone who watched that, uh, the, I mean, the Burchak fight was, was entertaining. Uh, so it's like, and, and again, like I said, that was supposed to be a blowout. And maybe it was, I mean, it was definitely heavily in Gravely's favor, but it was a nice showcase fight for Gravely. Bantamweights are so fun. Uh, so you can match him up with anyone. Well, as far as we know with Olenek, he is, I mean, there was a little bit of, I remember there were some rumors that he was released when the, when the Overham release happened. But as far as we know, we haven't heard anything on that front, right? He, I don't think so. Yeah, okay. I just, I think, I don't know if it was, uh, it was actual rumors, like, again, the sources that said that you were going to pick Tony Gravely, 
or uh, or if it was just people wondering because he was kind of in that same veteran age range status that people were like, oh no, Linux must be next, and that turned into like you know a ball of that flaming rumors. What, what a wonderful uh, metaphor uh, that uh, that people just picked up on. So yeah, I don't think so. I don't remember hearing anything about him being released. So yeah, he's not released. Good That's good because he's mentioned a lot in on this show. Yes, he's a favorite. He's definitely a favorite of ours. Do we have a check the tapes? Uh, AK? Uh, but just a very quick one because we had two two uh, title fights that were one which people said was very likely to happen and one which people really wanted to happen. So we got uh, Amanda Nunez versus Juliana Pena, UFC 265, August 7th. It's not like exactly a match that people were clamoring for, but after Pena's win and her her call out, I think a lot of us said, you know what, she might get it, and and uh, who knows if she has a chance of beating her. But she's certainly, I think her accomplishments are there. She's done the work on the mic to uh, to sell the fight already. Uh, now it's official. So that was what really everyone was kind of talking about. And then also, of course, uh, Jan Blahovich. Thank goodness Jan Blahovich uh, facing Glover Teixeira, the rightful number one contender at 205 pounds. We've been calling for this one for I don't even know how long. I think even before uh, Teixeira's latest win. I think after his, after his win before that, I think we said he should... He should get the fight with Blahovich. So, UFC 266, September 4th. But other than that, no, nothing specific. No, no, no crazy, uh, no crazy calls from us or the listeners. All right, we will. Uh, I'll go through the DMs real quick. I didn't get a ton of them, but I got some. So we'll run through those, and then we'll go to the rest of the peeps. Uh, Patrick Austin basically said Abdul is probably going to be cut. Fair statement. Uh, and he said Tony Gravely versus Andre Ewell is his pick. Interesting piece of business right there. I like uh, Jack Porter said Romanov versus Dano or Parker Porter. And then he went with Arlovsky versus Olenek. Uh, and he said one more bonus, not from this card. Uh, Shafhat Rachmanov versus Chaos Williams, just because I need to see these guys fight again. I thought Rachmanov <laughs> was booked, if memory serves me correctly, but uh, I'll look at that in a little bit while. Uh, Sean Bradley, Jake Paul versus Tiafimo Lopez. As a former wrestler, I hate to see Askren lose, so let's get him a real boxer. Wow. How big is Tiafimo? I don't know about anything about boxing. Um, I'm, I don't think he's 190 pounds. Let me, let me look this up real quick. Yeah, I'm not sure. I don't think he's 190 pounds. I think he's smaller. Uh, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure he's smaller. Uh, we move ahead. Poppy underscore Bryant. Uh, a uh, request for you, AK. Oh. He said, we need a robbery review for Penny versus Godinez. She beat Penny up for just about the entire fight. I'd have to watch it closely. Again, honestly, I, I, if, if, I, I don't know. I think people who heard on the uh, post show yesterday, I was doing a lot of the Paul Askren coverage. So I definitely had both screens going, but not at the point where I could uh, make a strong judgment either way. I did see the power bomb, and I think when you when – you, Jackknife powerbomb someone like Kevin Nash, you should automatically get this. Really, they should have waved the fight off. Uh, but uh, credit to Penny for hanging in there after taking that 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 big bump, that clean, not, not the cleanest back bump I've ever seen, Mike. Let me tell you something. That's not that's not the kind of back bump they teach you in wrestling school. That's how you that's how you uh, get a stinger, brother. Uh, so uh, yeah, I'll take. I, I should. I, I'm going to take a look at this closer look at this card, and and who knows? Maybe I see a robbery and, and do a robbery review this week. Maybe a couple with split decision. A lot of split decisions on this it card. Was four four of them. Uh, two more. We got Zach Andrews, Whitaker versus Izzy, of course. Andre Olovsky versus Carlos Philippe. Interesting. Malkoon versus Hisriev, because there's no clue what to do with this man. Zach said Tracy Cortez versus Jillian Robertson or Julia Avila, depending on weight class. Uh, I believe Julia Avila and Julia Stoliarenko is being rebooked for June 26th. At least that's what I'm. Uh, I've been told. 
don't know if this is breaking news or not, but there you go. If it is, hallelujah. Uh, Wildcard picks, Mearsharp versus Anthony Hernandez. I know Hernandez is booked right now, so if Hernandez wins, could be an option. That would be an interesting fight. And then Tony Gravely versus Nate Manus. I'm down for that. Uh, Does that not happen? They've never fought before? They have not fought before, no. Someone, repl- someone replaced somebody? Am I, Manus, are they not oh, Manus, connect- Manus was supposed to. Manus was supposed to fight Gravely on this card. Okay, thank you. That's That sounds so familiar. Okay. okay. Uh, last one. Evan Rodriguez agrees uh, Whitaker Adesanya. This one's obvious. Bobby Knuckles deserves a shot. Arlovsky versus Philippe. Jake Collier winner. I expect Philippe to win this fight. I think Carlos is a great prospect to match with Arlovsky. Uh, Jacob Malkoon versus Dustin Stoltzvis. Another Cortez versus Jillian Robertson pick. Luis Pena versus Jalen Turner. Fun scrap. Has yeah, fight of night potential. Uh, Romanov versus Sergey Spivak was the other pick. So uh, thank you to all the DMers. Pena versus T- Turner is one of those. I can't believe these guys are lightweight fights. Like you can see that. You're like, <laughs> oh, this is like, these are two small, middle, two skinny middleweights or something. It's like, oh my gosh, they're lightweights. What? How? What? Uh, so <laughs> Tiafima Lopez. So lightweight people in boxing, by the way is 130 to 135. So he'd be giving up a lot of size to Jake Paul. Now, I would still pick Teofimo Lopez to beat Jake Paul's ass, if uh, if we're being honest, but <laughs> it would be it would be tough to find a commission that would, I think, that would authorize this one. But I don't know. Stranger things have happened. But yeah, no, I, I think regardless of the weight, Teofimo would, would work him. But um, again, they are there are weight classes for a reason. Unfortunately, I don't I don't know if you'd get to uh, get to see that one made. Uh, what do we got? Okay, what do we got? Okay, well, I'm gonna try not to overlap with you too much, Mike, because yeah, I, 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 some of the ones you mentioned was like Mearshart, Andrew Sanchez. I saw some people say so. Uh, if I repeat myself, I oh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, so uh, the so here's the ones that were suggested by one or more, uh, sorry, two or more listeners. Uh, Adesanya, Whitaker, definitely, obviously the most universal pick. Everyone's just like, yeah, let's just get this over with. This just needs to happen. So Adesanya versus Whitaker too. Uh, Gaslam versus Holland, yeah, definitely a popular option. That was the other one that came up. Arlovsky, people are all over the place. They want Arlovsky uh, Ivanov, Arlovsky Romanov, Arlovsky Spivak, and a couple of people, Arlovsky Alexander Gustafsson. I thought of that one, too. Sure. Um, we don't know what's going on with Gus. Exactly. So I is don't know. Gonna, is he even going to fight again? Is he dropping down to 205? We don't know, right? He may have to He may have to be put on the band list uh, <laughs> with... Not on his fault, but like, you know, fighters who are injured, fighters who are, uh, you know, uh, that we know are going to be out for a long time. We may have to, like, just not mention these options anymore until they book a fight. Yeah. I think Bryce Mitchell's on that list now. Uh, Luis Pena, Devontae Smith, I like. Malcoon, Malcoon <laughs> I don't know, that's why this one came up multiple times. Malcoon and uh, and Duran Wynn. Is there some is there some Malcoon Wynn beef here that I'm not aware of? Are they just in that range? I don't know. So here's, here's something interesting. I, I did want to talk about this. I haven't had a what chance to, like, it? respond to this. Are you kidding me? This Malcoon Wynn thing actually triggered some sort of story. <laughs> the Duran the Duran Win has triggered something. Right, um, right. Okay, so we reported on Friday that Phil Hawes is fighting Kyle Dawkins on May eighth, I believe. Yes, we yes we did. So we reported that Duran Win hopped on Twitter immediately after and quote tweeted that report and said, I was signed to fight Phil Haas on July 17th. So this fight was in the works. He's taking this other fight. Phil Haas clearly doesn't want to fight me anymore. So I, of course, followed up with some sources about this. And apparently 
Deron Wynn is telling the truth. Vilhaz has signed to fight both of these gentlemen. Things happen to change. It's kind of a fluid situation right now. But in an ideal world, and I know we've tried to do this before and it hasn't worked out yet, in an ideal world, Phil Haas will fight Kyle Dawkins and then turn around two months later and fight Deron Wynn. He has signed contracts for both. Apparently, from what I've been told, he signed to fight Deron Wynn first, and after Kyle Dawkins lost his fight earlier this month, the UFC approached him like the next day and said, hey, you want to fight Dawkins on May 8th? And he said, okay, I'll do that. And then the contracts are signed like earlier this past week, so... There you go. I heard Gerard Wynn's name, and I'm like, oh, yeah, I meant to talk about this and tweet about it, and I never had a chance to, so we'll address it on the show. That fight is apparently st- uh, the plan to happen as well. It's not a fight like you can actually like report and say, hey, it's definitely happening because Haas is fighting somebody else two months earlier, and you don't know what's going to happen in a fight. But if all goes well in a perfect world, Phil Haas will fight twice in two months against Dawkins and then Gerard Wynn. Look at that. Look at that. Uh... Uh, no exclusive and people people in our on the mmafighting.com comments uh mike every there's always one people who say why don't you guys just write the show down like why are you guys recording the show i was like guys you don't get those kind of tidbits if we write this down that's not getting mentioned so so uh i don't even know who i'm talking to because again those people don't listen to the show but i i'm just putting out this in the ether there's very good reasons why we record the show it's because because of moments like that so uh yeah guys you, you you only get that kind of stuff on the pod in podcast form uh, Alexander Romanov, uh, Romanov Alinek, people like that. Uh, Mirshirt and Moradov, Mahmoud Moradov. So that was a popular one. Man. And, tough, and there's a lot of Tony. Out. Yeah, there's a lot of Tony Gravelys. The one I saw the most. Uh, Gravely, Gravely. There's a lot of Tony Gravelys. The, first, the one I saw more than once. Uh, Gravely versus Luis Smoka. Mm, we've matched up Smoka quite a few times on this on this uh, show. I think there are better matchups for Smoka than, than Tony Gravely. But a couple of people wanted it. So there we go. I only got one email so far. I should tell people we are recording this episode a little bit earlier than usual, but still, my email boys think they were a little too high on the uh, Paul Aspen supply, (laughs) (laughs) as as many of us were. I'm not blaming them. And I'm sure, like you said, they'll be back in full force after our next pay-per-view coming up. But uh, uh, just Harry Dwoskins, the only man who made the deadline cut. He likes Gravely versus Miles Johns, Austin Hubbard versus Malarkey, uh, Mir Shard versus Marc-André Barriot. And uh, you mentioned this before, one of the listeners, uh, Malkoon versus Dustin Stoltzfus. So, so there you go. There's some buzz for Malkoon Stoltzfus as well. <laughs> Malkoon, again, good for him, man, getting on that main card and getting people talking about matchups for him. That's that's always that's always a good place to be in. On Instagram, we had some good messages, so I do want to read out some of the messages entirety in, in their entirety. But uh, quick hits here, uh, Dylan Shoot. Uh, <laughs> He uh, he. First thing he said was Jake Paul versus Askren rematch in wrestling. I don't think it's going to happen, but it would only be fair, wouldn't it? Yes, fair in just world, Mike. It, it would, would only be. be fair. And I think Jake has like said he would do it, but obviously he's not going to. Like you know, that was just part of the, like pre-fight. Uh, his pre-fight uh, family. You you will not see these two men share a ring or mat or cage ever again. That's that's not. <laughs> and this is for uh, like a, a, a photo shoot or something. Um, Calvin Gaslam. Uh, he wants he likes Calvin Gaslam versus winner of Chris Weidman uh, and Uriah Hall. Of course, either of those would be a rematch. Though Uriah Hall probably a little more interesting of a rematch. Of course, that would be from the Ultimate Fighter finale that uh, Gaslam won by a very close split decision. And uh, Weidman, I think a little more definitively, Weidman beat him. I don't think there's there's much heat there. But Uriah Hall, sure, sure. Uh, what else? Let's move on. Uh, he, this other one he mentioned uh, mentioned before. We have a new a new listener. I always like to mention new listeners contributing. 
this is from Jesse Yates, another Aussie. We got a lot of Australian fans. Uh, Malcoon versus Maki Patolo. Yeah, it makes sense. Another Patolo's booked, I believe. Oh, I had to look that up. You know what? You mentioned, now that you mentioned, I thought I looked it up. Um, I don't know. Maybe it's a room. Maybe it's not official. He's I fighting think. Todorovic, I believe. Oh, he is fighting Todorovic. Okay, well, you know what? If he beats Todorovic, actually, win or lose. Win or lose. I think it's a good matchup for Malkoon. So, Jesse Yates, I'm going to give you some some props for that matchup. I still like it. So, yeah, whatever happens with Patolo and Todorovic on June 5th. Uh, I think it's fine. I think that's a good choice. Yeah. Matt Bradbury coming in with some of the best suggestions. I think he said uh, Jake Paul versus Damian Maya. <laughs> I see what you did there. I see what you did there. Yeah. Austin Hubbard versus Michael Johnson. I have to read this one because he, he went into great detail explaining it. He said, Hubbard always seems to lose whenever he isn't facing a newcomer and Johnson's on a skid. This is kind of a loser leaves town match, in my opinion. It'll show if Johnson can actually put some wins together or he just isn't UFC caliber anymore. It'll see if Hubbard uh, can actually beat higher level competition. So good, good logical reasoning there. What do you think of this matchup, Mike? Uh, Mir Shirt versus Julian Marquez. I like it. Yeah. You know what? You know why I like it so much? Because I think you could like, you could build that entire fight doing interviews with both of those guys at the same time, and it would be like awesome. Because both of those, like, it would be the, it would be so respectful, but it would be like kind of goofy. Like, I could see yeah. Gerald Marishap busting out the saxophone and Marquez like <laughs> singing a song. Like, they'll just play like one bourbon, one shot, one beer. Like, <laughs> just put on a little duet. Like, it would be amazing. Yeah. I'd love the to court, see it. I'm sold. I'd love it for like a UFC on AB, like UFC on ABC three or something, like co-main event. Yes, you know I mean, I would love it. And then just give the really, really kind of show people a different side of the fight hype. You know, like that's something the UFC can do more of, you know, and those are definitely the two guys to do it. I love it. That's a great a idea. Fight. I think it'd be a good fight, too. I think it'd be a good fight. Uh, I, he mentioned Penne Fry, uh, Fry and I want to mention this because he went as he he did something I, I you and I don't do and most listeners don't do. He said he went like picked the he made up a fight and then already matched up the winner of that hypothetical fight. So, so he wants to see Penne versus Fry. He's like veteran versus veteran, and he says, and the winner of that should face Corey McKenna. And I'm like, wow, sure. I mean, I don't even know if I like that matchup. I just like that. I just like it's cool. He's that Matt Bradbury is looking that far ahead, so that's fun. Uh, Tracy Cortez, he wants to give a pretty big step up. Uh, Maeda Maeda Bueno Silva, and then uh, <laughs> he wants to see Pena versus John McDessey because let's have McDessey face another six foot three guy. Didn't we get a fight of the night from that? Uh, we technically we did. No, sorry, technically we didn't, because uh, the massive dude that McDessey fought last time, Bahamond, does unfortunately missed weight. But yes, that was the real fight of the night last week. Let's be honest. Uh, literally, just for Otno again, my favorite user. That's on phenomenal. Media. It's so good. Uh, I told myself I had to read his intro. He said, "What up, Mr. Lee? I hope you've enjoyed the <laughs> S show that was this weekend's fights." Uh, he did not say S. I am censoring here. First of all, let's deal with the elephant in the room. I think Jake Paul should fight. Uh, just kidding. I don't give an F. Uh, onto the real fights. <laughs> You're so did he say Thank F? You. He did not say F. He did. People, you can you can fill in the blanks yourself. This is a family show. So, uh, uh, so he went. Uh, the ones that really jumped out to me: uh, Gravely, Jack Shore. I think is really good. He says rebook Penne, Hannah Goldie. Third time's a charm. Uh, Romanov versus winner of Shamil Abdurakhimov, Augusto Sakai. Yeah, man, that'd be a that'd be a really wow. good fight. Either so, Abdurak Himov and him would be really, really good. And then uh, again, one of our more popular names on uh, no these days, Luis Pena and Mike Davis. 
They are training partners, I believe. Oh, no, are you, are you serious? I believe they're both at ATT. I did not know that. Well, there we go. Well, I'm glad I brought it up, because, again, I thought it was a cool matchup. I'm sure some other people thought about it, but unlikely to happen. Okay. Josh Abukai, I always like to hear from him. I think his my favorite matchup is <laughs> this is just the uh, make Grant Dawson mad uh, matchup. Uh, Austin Hubbard and Clay Guida. Look, Clay Guida is going to fight somebody, Grant Dawson, and it might not be you. So I'm just if you're out there listening, I'm just saying, <laughs> be fair to see someone else swoop in and get that matchup. I'm sorry. And we'll end with Twitter this week. Uh, all right, a lot of ones here. I don't want to read them all off. Sorry, guys. Of course, thank you for your contributions as always, everyone. But uh, well, I got to pick some good ones here. Marcus McGahey, Cortez versus Tyler Santos. Another big jump up. People didn't really care about that weight miss, apparently. Or like you said, it's the opposite. They did care about the weight miss and want to and think like, well, guess what? Now she needs to, she needs to maybe get roughed up in her next fight. Um, Romanov versus uh, Ben Rothwell, Philippe Linz winner on May 8th. He said, this fight should have gone to Espino. They did my boy dirty. And uh, Battle of Veterans, I'd like to see this one. Uh, Mearshard versus uh, Zach Cummings. They're not part training partners, anything. No, 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 no. Out of Wisconsin, and yeah. how have they not fought before? I don't know. I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. I swear, it's in my mind. It's I'm having Mandela right now. I distinctly remember the fight happening, but it does. It has not happened. Wow. Uh, Bear O'Reilly, our man in Ireland. Uh, Penne versus uh, Conejo. Sure. Pena versus Otman Azatar. Wow. I don't know if we're I don't know if I'm ready to, to do that yet. <laughs> uh Cortez versus Molly McCann, sure. Molly McCann is someone I'd love to see fun anybody. And then uh That's that's I, a good I, fight. That makes sense. That's a good fight. We I thought we were almost done having to mention this guy every time, but I do like this matchup actually. Gaslam versus Shamayev. I really like it. And uh, he says, uh, an established name who showed against Heinish that he has some wrestling chops. The only thing is, we've kind of said previously, we do, we just want to see Shamayev get healthy and and fight when he's ready. But on paper, I actually really like that. If he decides to fight at 185 again. Cortez McCann is like the exact middle ground of our two selections, in my opinion. Like you said Cortez Aldridge. I said Cortez okay. Robertson. Yeah, I feel yeah. like McCann is like a perfect yeah. compromise between the two. I think so too. I think it's a solid pick. Barry Rally, solid pick. Uh, at Dragon Chris at Dragon Slayer two on Twitter. Uh, two <laughs> two good picks. Uh, Mirshart versus uh, Puna Soriano. Sure, I like it. But then I said I said I prompted the I prompted this person for a Jake Paul pick, and then <laughs> they came up with they said Jake Paul Julian Lane just let him bang guys, and you know what? <laughs> Love it. Very, very quick. This response was very quick, too. It was like right after I asked. So quick response. Great choice. Thank you, uh, Dragon Slayer, too. Uh, Michael Paragini. Did we not mention? Did we mention Gaslam Brunson? Um, I don't think so. I think Brunson's a little past it. Like four fight win streak. Yeah. I think he's ahead. Of, he's ahead in the rankings. Gaslam probably still the slightly bigger name, but I, I don't think Brunson would say no. But I think it's a da- it's a dangerous, tough fight for him that he doesn't have to take right now. Brunson's like arguably a win away from a title shot, right? So yeah, I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, he's he back, this Michael Pierchini's backing you up. Cortez Robertson definitely likes it. Uh, Gravely versus Benito Lopez. I only bring this up because I just don't know where Benito Lopez is. He hasn't fought in I think over well over two uh, sorry well over a year and a half. Um, so we just want to see him back. I think I know he started a family, so maybe he's just focusing on being a proud papa. But. Uh, but otherwise, I don't know. Uh, Benito Lopez, I don't, I'm not sure what's going on with him. So uh, we just like to see him fight again, so I bring him up. 
Mitchell Robinson stand likes Meerschert versus uh, versus Hadolfo Vieira. Yes, Grappler's Delight. Sure, Grappler's Delight. Been to it. At Young Rabbi eighty six, uh, Gravely versus another odd note, popular note pick, uh, Nathaniel Wood. Uh, Austin Hubbard versus Mark Jacquezy. So some good picks there. And Mike, I will close out with Nate Andrews uh, on Twitter because oh, sorry, I do want to shout out Colin Avery just because he's a first time contributor and he just wanted to say he wants to see Gaslam versus Holland. So thank you, Colin Avery, on Twitter. You're getting your shout out. Uh, thank you for listening. And uh, Nate Andrews, of course, thank you for listening as well. Uh, I do want to read out some of his thoughts here. Uh, sorry, I'll get, I'll, get, I'll get to this. So, uh, Malkoon versus Sam Alvey. Uh, he's a step down accomplished for Alvey. Another fight to build Malkoon's young MMA career. <laughs> Pena versus Clay Guida. Sorry, Grand Dawson. This is something. <laughs> this is something more Guida's. I love how Guida is just now connected to Grand Dawson because of you. Uh, Romanov versus Fino need to run it back. All that fight's weirdness aside, Espino was robbed like a bank in a Boston crime movie. Shoutouts to uh, the town. And uh, and the Departed, but I don't remember if they actually robbed any banks in the Departed. No, they didn't rob any. They just That's robbed uh, process microprocesses. Wow, good. Yeah. So when I think about those are what's called my mind. I think Boston crime movies, but uh, definitely didn't remember. So uh, that was a shout out to you in New England, of course, Mike. And then <laughs> the last thing that Andrew says: NSAC judges versus a drug screen. This might be some of the worst judging I've seen across an entire card. Since the start of the pandemic, I don't know if I agree with that. Like I said, I would have to watch the fights again more closely myself. I didn't think any of the, but maybe some of the cards were uh, were poor. But I don't know. I don't know if there was any out out and out robberies. But the people have spoken. Uh, Nate Andrews, thank you for your well thought out message, and thank you all of the listeners. Um, Mike, I think we are done with that section now. So, uh, of course, if you guys want to reach out to me on social media with your suggestions, hit me up Twitter at Alexander K Lee. Slide right into those DMs. Instagram, Alexander KK Lee, two Ks. Email, alex.lee at spnation.com. Mike? Uh, find me on Twitter at MikeHeck underscore JR. Instagram, M underscore Heck JR. And uh, yeah, that's going to do it for this week. Do not forget to join us next week, ladies and gentlemen, as we discuss Again. the fallout of UFC 261. Three title fights Kamara Usman, Mazadal 2 for the welterweight title, Zhang Wei Lee versus Rosnami Yunus. For the strawweight title, Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade. For the flyweight title, I'm sure we will matchmake for all six of those competitors, regardless of what happens on Saturday. Then, of course, the main card rounds up with Chris Weidman versus Uriah Hall, the rematch from the regional scene over a decade ago. Weidman handed Uriah Hall his first professional loss uh, for Ring of Combat. And Uriah Hall has been stewing on this one for a long time, so that should be fun. The main card opener, Anthony Lionheart-Smith. Versus the surging up and coming Jimmy Crute should be a fun card. We will talk all about it. The what's next for all of those individuals. Well, most of them, eight out of the ten. Maybe we'll do all ten. Who knows? It'll be a special edition of the program. Uh, but there you go. So for AK, I am Mike Heck. Thank you for listening. And always remember, don't take this too seriously. MMA is supposed to be fun. We will have a lot of fun next week, right here on On to the Next One. The podcast. You're listening to the Vox Media Podcast Network. The Bellator Champion Series is back in action Friday, May 17th, live from Paris, France. Reigning bantamweight champ Patchy Mix defends his belt in a rematch 
against dangerous submission specialist Magomed Magomedov. And Cedric the Best Doombay makes his Bellator debut in front of a home Paris crowd versus Jaleel the Realist Willis. Don't miss the action live at noon EST on HBO here in the U.S. And visit bellator.com watch for information on how to watch around the world. This is the very first time you'll be able to stream a Cedric Doombay fight here in the U.S., so make sure you don't miss it. <laughs>